Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Xander's Facts. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the latest edition of the Xander's Facts podcast. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander. It is episode 98 of the podcast here on Wednesday, March 15th, 2023. Thank you all so much for listening. It is an exciting, amazing, astonishing, gravity-defying podcast this week. It is one of my favorite podcasts that we do every single year because this week is March Madness week. It is the postseason of college basketball. It's one of my favorite events that happens every single year, and we're talking about it. We do our brackets every single year, and my brother Andrew and I, he comes on the podcast, and we exclusively reveal our brackets right here on this very podcast. In the last two years you've listened, you have heard the national champion named correctly before the tournament started on this podcast, so we're going for a third year. I think it's going to happen, but I mean, we'll see. But check that out because it's coming up in just a second here on the podcast. I'm so excited. But remember that before we get to all those facts, remember that if you like the Xander's Facts podcast, if you think you're going to like all the facts on this week's edition, remember to follow this podcast, download this episode, episode 98, rate and review the podcast, then check us out on all our socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I'm on all those at Xander's Facts. That's Xander with the Z. And most importantly, remember to tell all your friends, spread the facts, Xander's Facts Podcast. Tell all your friends about the podcast, about the newsletter, Xander's Weekend Facts. It comes out every Sunday morning. It's free. Check it out. Check out the Xander's Facts link tree. It's got all the Xander's Facts links that you need, which includes the Xander's Facts website, xandersfacts.com, which is the exclusive home of the Xander's Facts shop. Check that out, xandersfacts.com. I don't want to waste another second. Let's just get right into it because I think I got some good picks this year. And Andrew might too, maybe. Let's see. Why don't we see? Let's get right to it because we are exclusively revealing our NCAA men's college basketball tournament brackets as the Xander's Facts podcast continues. Xander's Facts. Oh my gosh, we have made it to possibly, probably, my favorite podcast of the year when my own brother Andrew joins me to exclusively unveil our March Madness brackets. Andrew is back on the podcast for the third year in a row we are doing this. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited for this basketball, man. Who isn't? I mean, this is just the best basketball that we get to see all year. The madness. Who doesn't love the madness? I mean, Thursday, noon Eastern, when you start, when you turn on CBS and you hear the do-do-do-do-do-do-do, chills. You know it's going to be a good week when you hear that. That's right, Andrew. The NCAA Division One Men's Basketball Tournament for 2023, March the madness has begun. One of my favorite months of the year. One of my favorite weeks of the year. Some of my favorite couple of days of the year. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We've got college basketball on all day. And it's good college basketball too, which is amazing. So we're going to get right into it because we have got two brackets to reveal. Just so you all know all of the facts. Because of course, you all know last two years 
someone on this podcast has gotten the national champion correctly. Yep. And I don't think it's the person who does not host this podcast regularly. Well, someone else so. is going to get it this year, and it's going to be well, All right, we'll see. But we are going to start. We've, of course, got the first round all the way to the national championship. But we're going to start with the first four, which are the first four games that happen before the official tournament begins, because, of course, we've got to talk about those, because four of those teams are going to make it into the tournament. And those games are going on right now, Tuesday night. We're recording this podcast, and Texas A&M Corpus Christi is playing Southeast Missouri State. Big game alert! They are 16 seeds. The winner of that game is going to have the right to face Alabama, who's the number one seed in the South region. And I think I'm going to go with, let's, well, actually, there's two minutes left in the game as we're recording it right now, but I'm going to go with Texas A&M Corpus Christi for the right to play Alabama, Andrew. That is also who I'm going to go with. Based on the score right now, they are winning, so I'm going to I'm going to hope that they win. We're making these picks, but like, there's not really much meaning behind it. The 11 seeds, though, there's two games of the first four which have 16 seeds, two games which have 11 seeds, and the 11 seeds, which is happening, you'll already know the winner if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out on Wednesday, because it's happening on Tuesday night, but Pittsburgh and Mississippi State. Pittsburgh was in a five seed in the ACC tournament. Mississippi State was a nine seed in the SEC tournament. But I've actually got Mississippi State moving on to play Iowa State in the Midwest region. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh just because even, even though they have that big loss to Duke, I still feel like with their age, because they're so much older than every team, I feel like that's going to play a big factor in that game. I feel like they're going to win. You've actually got some actual analysis. Andrew's analysis. Yeah, exactly. There you go. All right, then the other 16-16 game is Wednesday. The other two games are Wednesday. This is at 6.40 p.m. Eastern on True TV. It's Fairleigh Dickinson and Texas Southern. Fairleigh Dickinson's only in the tournament because Merrimack, who actually won the Northeast Championship, is ineligible to make the tournament. And Texas Southern is the first team with 20 or more losses to make the tournament since it expanded in 1985. So I'm going to go with Fairleigh Dickinson to have the right to face Purdue in the East. Yeah, I'm also going to go with that just based on Texas Southern's record. Oh my gosh. 14 and 20. All right, the other 11 v. 11 matchup is Nevada-Arizona State, 9-10 p.m. Wednesday on True TV. Nevada was in the Mountain West Tournament as a four seed. Arizona State was a six seed who made it to the semifinals. But I have got, this is actually going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a good game. Arizona State playing TCU in the West. I'm also going to go with Arizona State. I don't know too much about Nevada or Arizona State. I haven't really watched many of either of them, but I feel like Arizona State. All right, so that's kind of first four, whatever. Now, here we go. We're getting into the big stuff. We are now going to go region by region. We're going to pick every single game in this NCAA tournament and unveil our brackets. We're going to start in the first round, the round of 64, and we're going to stop if you're writing all this down, because you should be, because you should, of course, get our picks. Write that down, write that down! But we're going to start in the top left of the bracket in the south region with the number one overall seed, Alabama. They are facing... The winner of Texas A&M Corpus Christi and Southeast Missouri State. This game is Thursday, 2.45 on CBS, 
from Birmingham, Alabama. So Alabama doesn't even have to leave the state. They're the number one overall seed in the tournament. And then they've got the other Corpus Christi, Southeast Missouri State. I think Alabama's going to win. I don't know. It's going to be tight. <laughs> no, yeah, Alabama definitely comes out on top of We could have made those jokes a few years ago, but then an actual one <laughs> seed did lose to a 16 seed. So. Oh, you know, UVA. We have to be careful. All right, then, this is actually my favorite game of the tournament, Maryland and West Virginia's the 8v9 matchup in the South, because it's the first game, 12.15 p.m., Thursday on CBS in Birmingham. First game to tip off, and it's my favorite because it's at noon. First game, and I have so much hope. I know I'm going to have a perfect bracket, and then two hours later, it's all going to come crashing down. So for those two hours, I have all the hope in the world, and that's why it's my favorite game. You dummy! But I think the difference in this game is going to be free throws. West Virginia is 11th in the nation in free throws made per game, and... At-large teams that have finished four games under 500 in conference play all-time in the first round in the NCAA tournament are 5-0. and So, I'm going to go with West Virginia because they are the only team in this tournament this year that fits that category. It's a fact. Yeah, I'm also going to go with West Virginia. The thing about West Virginia is they have either really good games or they play very bad. And I feel like if West Virginia has a really good game here, then they could probably blow Maryland out of the water. The 5v12 matchup is San Diego State and Charleston. We have some experience watching Charleston this year in the Charleston Classic when they face a team that's not in the tournament this year. Yeah. Virginia Tech. But San Diego State just won the Mountain West tournament as a top seed. They rank 10th in adjusted defensive efficiency. Charleston's going to be a popular upset pick. They're 31 and 3. I just think that San Diego State is a really well put together, complete team. And so I've got them winning. That game is Thursday, 310 on True TV. Yeah, I was one of those people who put the Charleston upset because Charleston, based on their record, 31 and 3, their losses are to North Carolina. Not in the tournament. That's a bad loss. Yikes. Uh, that's not a bad loss. <laughs> When, when North Carolina was ranked first, they have a couple good wins, and I just feel like they're so used to winning that they'll win this game. We'll see. All right, and then the 4v13 is, I think, another popular upset pick, maybe. Virginia and Furman. This game is Thursday at 1240 on True TV. Both of those games are in Orlando. Virginia's back of the tournament this year. They weren't last year. They're pretty good defensively again, but not as good as I think in previous years they've been in the tournament. But Furman's offense is one of the best in the country, actually. They're fourth in the nation in points per possession, eighth with 82 points per game, eighth in scoring, and ninth in effective field goal percentage. So I've got the Paladins of Furman winning, pulling the upside. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I went with UVA. I feel like. UVA plays against much harder teams and plays good defense against them. Like they, they lost to Duke, but they only held them to like what fifty nine points, something like that. So I feel like that'll just be too much for them. They're not going to be used to what Virginia is capable of. So I feel like Virginia is going to win. It was close for me, but I don't. I'm I'm going for the power. Yeah, against. the San Diego State and uh, Charleston game was close for me, definitely. Absolutely. So then. In the South, the 6v11 is Creighton and NC State. This is a Friday game at 4 o'clock on TNT in Denver. 
Ryan Kalkbrenner is a two-time Big East Defensive Player of the Year, plays for Creighton, watch out. And the Wolfpack, they're tops in the country in holding on to the ball. But out of 352 Division I teams, they rank 340th in free throw percentage. That's a little rough, so I've got Creighton. Oof. Wow. See, I have another upset. I have NC State winning this game. Because, I mean, as you've seen at the Virginia Tech-NC State game, if NC State hits in the beginning stages of the game, they're not going to start missing. So I feel like if NC State is on, then they're going to win this game for sure. Just don't send them to the free throw line. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> the third seed of the South is Baylor. The 14th seed is UC Santa Barbara. This is at one thirty on Friday on TNT. Baylor won the national championship two years ago. Loyal listeners of this podcast know who picked him that year. But they were bounced in the, in the second round last year to North Carolina. And now their defense ranks 104th in adjusted efficiency. But the Gauchos of UC Santa Barbara, best name in the tournament, are 7th in the country in field goal percentage. They, watch this, are going to pull a huge upset out of the Big West. Watch for guard A.J. Mitchell. And also, they're going to pull this upset because the last four number three seeds that have lost to a number 14 seed in the NCAA tournament came from the Big 12. That was a fact. Wow. I just went with a casual Baylor pick. I feel like Baylor, even though they play in a really good conference, still has a good record and ranked pretty highly. So I just think that Baylor's going to win it. Well, you're incorrect again, but okay. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Missouri is the seventh seed. They play Utah State, the 10th seed at 140 on Thursday on TNT in Sacramento. Missouri is eighth in the country in forced turnovers per game. But since 2010, they have not gotten out of the first round. Utah State ranks 10th in the country in effective field goal percentage. They are 18th in both the Ken Palm rankings and in the net. And they are 5th nationwide in three-point percentage. So give me Utah State. See, I went with Missouri here. I feel like Missouri is just going to be too much to handle for Utah State. Utah State's in the Mountain West, right? Yes. And they didn't win their tournament against um, San Diego State, so I feel like... They were very close. That is true. I don't know, I just feel like Missouri's going to handle Utah State. I feel like it's going to be a close game, but like I still yeah. feel like Missouri come out on top. I mean, the thing is, most of these games I think are going to be close games. I mean, it's the NCAA tournament. You see all these random upsets. It's They're all going to be great games. Are you sure? Uh, maybe not this one, though. The last game of the first round, number two, Arizona, number 15, Princeton on Thursday at 410 on TNT. I think Arizona, they just won the Pac-12 championship over UCLA. They're going to beat the champions of the Ivy League. Princeton's academics aren't going to help them with their athletics because Arizona is going to win. Yeah. I feel like that's a pretty obvious one. We finally agreed on something. How about that? I know. It's been forever. All right. Let's go to the second round now. Alabama and West Virginia. Both of us have that, I believe. Yes. I had Alabama coming out on top against West Virginia. Brandon Miller is going to be too much to handle for West Virginia's defense. And I feel like he's going to have a really good game against them. I think so, too. All time. Number one seeds, Alabama, are 70-6 and six over number nine seeds. Last win for a nine seed, though, 
with Xavier in 2018 over Florida State. So I've got Alabama. And then for you, it's the 12v4, Charleston and Virginia. Yeah, I came out with an upset on this one. I have Charleston beating Virginia. This one was just kind of like, if Charleston beats San Diego State, then I feel like they can definitely beat Virginia. I think that's what they're capable of. So I feel like they're going to think that they're hot and they're going to be confident, and I think they're going to win. Yeah, when you have that double-digit seed and they beat that you know team that nobody thinks they're going to beat them, and then they go in the second round, you have so much confidence. Mm-hmm. But I've got San Diego State and Furman in this game, two totally different teams. I'm going to go with San Diego State because depth and the Aztecs can go nine deep, and I love depth in the NCAA tournament because the last two national champions have exuded that. They have had so much depth. But getting this far, I do think Furman could definitely pull the upset, but I've got San Diego State. Then, in the next matchup of teams that we have differences on, I have Creighton and UC Santa Barbara, but you have NC State and Baylor. So, I have Baylor winning this game against NC State. Again, Baylor's, I mean, a much higher seed, and I think that the Big 12 is much tougher than the ACC, so to be to have that good of a record in the Big 12 over an ACC team, I feel like that's pretty big on this. I feel like Baylor's done. I guess. I mean, I got Creighton, UC, Santa Barbara. In the Big East, you know, the Big East is not as good as the Big 12. Big 12 is the best conference in the country. But in the Big East, Creighton's strength of schedule ranked 13th in the country, which I thought was pretty impressive. They also commit the third fewest fouls in the nation, just 13 a game. But the best name in the tournament is the Gauchos. I think they definitely have a chance because, as I said, when you're that double-digit seed that wins in the first round, goes to the second round, you have so much confidence to make the second weekend. But I think it's going to be Creighton winning that game. Yes. And then the final game of the second round, you have Missouri and Arizona. So I picked Arizona to win this game against Missouri. Arizona should be really confident off that Pac-12 win. And against a team like Missouri, I think they're just going to thrive off of that. So I've got Utah State and Arizona. And I, the things you said about Arizona, I agree with. They can get super hot. They rank fifth in the country in points per game and in field goal percentage. They have scored 80 or more points in 21 of their 34 games. So I've got Arizona beating Utah State. It's the truth. Now we get to go to the Sweet 16, the second weekend. And I have Alabama and San Diego State. These Sweet 16 and Elite 8 games in the South are going to be played in Louisville, Louisville. I think Alabama's going to have some trouble with San Diego State's consistency on defense, but Alabama's got a great offense. They have had a higher success rate this year at rebounding the ball than San Diego State, and they're top in the country with 44 rebounds per game. So I've got Alabama. Yeah, so I have Alabama against Charleston. And I think that this is going to be a really good offensive battle. But I think Alabama does have the better offense in this situation. So I think that's what it's going to come down to. And I think Alabama's going to win. Very few teams have a better offense than Alabama. So my other Sweet 16 matchup at the South, Creighton and Arizona. Earlier in the season, actually, Creighton went all the way to the final of the Maui Invitational. The issue was, in that final, they ran into Arizona. And I think that the there's going to be a repeat of that that happens in this game. 
because as I said, Arizona, one of the best shooting teams in the country this year, I think Arizona beats Creighton. So I have Arizona against Baylor, and I have Arizona winning this game because, again, they're hot, they're confident, they're one of the best, or I guess they're one of the best shooters in the country. I mean, if they're getting that many points, I feel like that's going to be too much for Baylor, and Baylor's going to be less confident like going into the game. And All right, so now our Elite Eight matchup, the regional final. The winner goes to the final four. Both of us have Alabama, Arizona, and I'm going to give you the honors, Andrew, of picking first. So I picked Arizona to win this game. I feel like it's going to be a really good game, though. It's going to come down to the wire. They're both, they both score a lot, and I feel like Arizona just might have a little bit of a better defense than Alabama, and that's what it might come down to. Mm. I'm really hoping we get to see this 1v2 matchup in the South because I kept going back and forth on this. Like I think Arizona's going to win, though. I think Alabama's going to win. So mm-hmm. Alabama is led by the best and most controversial freshman in the country, Brendan Miller. <laughs> if you don't know, Darius Miles was kicked off the Alabama men's basketball team. Then he shot a woman and killed her in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Turns out that Brendan Miller drove to the scene with the gun that Darius Miles used, but he hasn't. Um, Brendan Miller hasn't been charged with anything. He's still been playing. But, you know, that cloud has hung over Alabama. Has it really mattered? They, they're they the number one team in the AP poll, number one in the NCAA tournament, won the SEC tournament. They have the third best adjusted defensive efficiency in the country. They are tops in the country in opponents' effective field goal percentage. Then you've got Arizona. They've got two seven-footers, Lithuania's very own Azulas Tubelis and Umar Balo. They lead the Wildcats in scoring. Arizona ranks fourth in offensive adjusted efficiency, but the Wildcats lack a important characteristic of a Final Four team, I think, and that would be depth, as I'm going to keep saying. Alabama's bench contributes eight more percent of their points per game, so I've got Alabama going to the Final Four. Too many facts. Oh my gosh. How about that? Disagreements. It's okay. So we got one region down. Let's go to the top right of the bracket, the Midwest region, where the number one seed is Houston. They face the 16th seed Northern Kentucky on Thursday at 9.20 p.m. Eastern on TNT from Birmingham, Alabama. And up until Monday, Houston was the number one team in the AP poll. They lost in the American Championship game, so now they're not. The Norse from Northern Kentucky are representing the Horizon League, but I think Houston rides on through to the second round. Yeah, I got Houston too. Iowa-Auburn is the 8-9 matchup. You know, as I said, this game's going to be played in Birmingham, Alabama, so Auburn doesn't have to leave the state. It's at 6.50 on TNT. Here's the thing, though, about that. Alabama is playing just before Auburn does. So all the Alabama fans are going to stay, and they're going to root against Auburn. So that might be an issue. And Iowa are ninth in points per possession, and their assist turnover ratio is third best in the country. So I've actually got Iowa. I also have Iowa in this game. Iowa's got really good scores, like Chris Murray, who can just take it to the paint and do the dirty work. He's got 1.5 blocks a game, which against Auburn will be really useful. So I think 
that I was going to come out on top. Spitting the truth. The dirty work. All right, the 5v12 matchup in the Midwest is Miami and Drake on Friday at 725 on TBS from Albany, New York, the capital of New York State. I mean, those picking, there's a bunch of people, I think, picking an upset for Drake, but I think those picking an upset haven't been watching this Miami team that last year went to the Elite Eight and I think is better than last year's team. They're eighth in points per possession. Isaiah Wong is back leading this Kane squad. Drake, though, they're starting five averages over 23 years old, and they only gave up 64 points per game this season. So I think it's going to be tough, but I think Miami's going to win. Yeah, I also think Miami's going to win. The amount of talent that they have on their team is insane. So I feel like um, Drake's not going to be able to do anything about it. And then you've got the 4v13, Indiana and Kent State. This 9.55 p.m. tip on Friday on TBS from Albany. Indiana can shoot that thing. They have a strong defense. The issue with Indiana this year, they have had consistency troubles. Kent State's defense ranks in the top 20 in turnovers and points per possession. But I do think Indiana's shooting carries them to a dub. But watch out, though. Because all of the 4v13 matchups last year were decided by less than 10 points. But I still got Indiana. Good to know. Yeah, I also have Indiana winning this game. The combination with their shooting and to take it inside with Trace Jackson Davis is something that you can't really, it's impossible to guard. Unless they, I don't know. I mean, like you said, they're consistency problems. Yeah, they've, I've watched them a couple times this year and I'm just like, what are you doing? How are you losing this game? Yeah, exactly. I don't think that'll happen in that game. Then you've got the 6v11. Iowa State will face the winner of Mississippi State and Pittsburgh. You have Pittsburgh, I believe. I have Mississippi State. Iowa State, though, I think is going to beat whoever it is. Iowa State is tops in the country in forcing turnovers, and they are eighth in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. So I've got Iowa State. I also have Iowa State winning this game. Iowa State, I mean, they don't have the best record. But it's not like they've been playing bad at all. They've still been playing good. I mean, they played Baylor two times in a row and beat him both times. It's really hard to do. That was a fact. Yeah, it's the Big 12. I mean, you can have not that great of a record in the Big 12 and still be a great team because of the the teams that you play every night. So that game is Friday, 3, 10 p.m. on True TV from Greensboro, North Carolina. Also from Greensboro on Friday at 1240 on True TV, it's number three Xavier and number 14 Kennesaw State in the Midwest region. The Big East runner-ups, Xavier, have been impressive this year. In Sean Miller's first year in his second stint coaching at Xavier, and it's the first ever time that Kennesaw State is dancing in the tournament. I don't think they're going to be dancing very long, though, because I've got Xavier. You know, this is one of those ones where I just threw it up there because that's what happens in the tournament, and I picked Kennesaw State. Oh, my I mean, gosh. it's not like it would be a surprise if Xavier won at all, but, I mean, I don't know. Things happen, like UMBC. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm surprised by anything anymore. Exactly. I mean, UMBC, St. Peter's last year. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And then the 7v10 matchup is Texas A&M and Penn State on Thursday at 9.55 on TBS from Des Moines, Iowa, which I'm very confused how Texas A&M's a 7 seed. I know he's got Buzz Williams, and we like to rag on Brent 
because he left Virginia Tech to go to Texas A&M, but they were the number two seed in the SEC. That's what I was thinking. They had a 16-3 and finish to the regular season. Texas A&M got hosed. Why are they a seven seed? Actually, I know the reason, but I'll say it in a second. And they faced Penn State, who's the runner-ups in the Big Ten. They just lost to Purdue in the Big Ten tournament final. The Nittany Lions, I think, are a better shooting team, but the Aggies hold the advantage inside, so I've got Texas A&M. Yeah, I also have Texas A&M. Like you said, they finished off the season so well. And Penn State, I mean, their record isn't too impressive, but it's really the one of the only reasons they got in this was because of their Big Ten run. Like They weren't that impressive this season. Yeah, and we saw last year what happens to teams that get hot and only make the tournament in the major conferences because yeah. they make the final or get it or win the final of their conference tournament and get into the NCAA tournament. What are you talking about? Pokies. All right, so the 2v15 matchup is Texas and Colgate Thursday at 725 on TBS. Big 12 champions put the beat down on Kansas in Kansas City last Saturday. And Colgate, this is their fourth straight tournament, actually. But like those previous three matchups, I've got them getting bounced in the first round, so I got Texas. Yeah, I also have Texas in this game. Now let's go to the second round. Both of us have the number one team, Houston, facing number eight, Iowa. Yep, and I have Houston winning this game. I mean, I know they just lost in the finals of the conference, but I mean, it's Houston. They're still a really good team, and they can definitely beat Iowa. Yeah, I think so. Like, Iowa... Houston excels at scoring. They're fifth in the country in points per possession. They can also grab their own misses, though, because they rank third in offensive rebounding percentage. I think Iowa, the only chance they have is if Marcus Sasser, the American Athletic Conference Player of the Year, doesn't play for Houston. He was injured. That's kind of why they lost the championship game in the American to Memphis. So that's the only chance, I think. But I still think Houston wins. All right, 5v4, I believe both of us have these two teams, Miami and Indiana. So I picked Indiana to win this game, but I think this one will be like a thriller. This one will be a really good game because they're both super talented teams. I mean, you have Miller Cop, who's going to be shooting the three, Trace Jackson Davis inside. And for Miami, you have players like Isaiah Wong and whoever else. They have some of the best guards in the country. And I feel like it'll just be a really good game. But I think when it comes down to it, Indiana's going to have the advantage. I think so, too. I picked Indiana. I mean, the ACC's regular season champion, that's Miami. They're excellent at scoring, but they rank 132nd in adjusted defensive efficiency this year. I think it's all up to if Indiana shows up. They have the All-American center, Trace Jackson Davis. They rank in the top 45 in both adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. So I would, you know, I went back and forth on this because they're like, is Indiana actually going to perform well? I think they will. So I've got Indiana. That's what I was thinking. That's like, it was a close one for me. Yeah. All right. I've got number six, Iowa State and number three, Xavier. But you have the upset in this one. Or you have the upset team. I have Iowa State and Kennesaw State. (laughs) And... I didn't think Kennesaw State was really going to get anywhere. I think Iowa State's going to win this game pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, when I look at Iowa State and Xavier, you've got a tremendous defense in Iowa State, an exciting offense in Xavier. Xavier is top 15 in the country in points per possession and effective field goal percentage. 
they can outduel the Cyclones, I think. That's why I've got them moving to the Sweet 16. Then we got the 7v2, both of us do in the second round. Texas A&M in Texas. This is why the committee put Texas A&M as a 7th seed, to put to get this game in the second round. That's what you think? Yeah, that's why they did it? Yeah, because Texas A&M left the Big 12 because they were mad at Texas, and now it's all the, yeah, it's it, it for giggles. If you say so. I have Texas winning this game. I feel like Texas is a really good team, and Texas, Texas A&M is really good, but I feel like Texas is even better than them. Plus, they got that Big 12 win of the belt, and they were already hot before that. Yeah, if it goes down to free throws, though, Texas A&M has the most free throws made and attempted per game this year. But Texas against... We've seen what happened to Texas A&M against Alabama on a neutral court. And Texas A&M had a huge shooting slump in the SEC championship game. So you worry that's going to repeat itself. Texas's defense is stout like Alabama. So I've got Texas going on as well. Now let's go to the second weekend in the Midwest, the Sweet 16. Houston and Indiana, both of us have this one, I believe. This, these three games are going to be in Kansas City. This is absolutely a game that Indiana can win if they're at the top of their game. I mean, they've beaten another number one seed twice this year. That would be Purdue. But I think that Houston's defense, led by the American Athletic Conference's Defensive Player of the Year, Jamal Shedd, can shut down the Hoosiers who struggle inside and on the boards. So I've got Houston. I agree with that. Basically what you said, like, Houston's got a really good defense. And Indiana, I feel like if they're not going to show up this game, then it's just not going to happen at all. It really does depend if they do, because they can beat anybody when they show up. Yeah, that's the thing. Other Sweet 16 matchup, I've got Xavier and Texas. Xavier's been able to shoot the ball at a more efficient clip this year. They rank ninth in adjusted offensive efficiency, third in the country in three-point shooting percentage. But against hot shooting teams in the Big 12, Texas's defense has been stout. They rank top 25 in opponent points per possession and enforcing turnovers. I've got the higher-seeded team, Texas. I also have Texas in this game. I mean, they have people like, yeah, Marcus Carr and Tyrese Hunter, who are some of the best guards in the country, I feel like if they have a really good game, then they'll be set. I mean, they even have players like Dylan Dissou. He was really good in the championship game for Texas against Kansas. So I feel like they'll just, it'll be too much for them. All right. And then in the Elite Eight, the regional final, both of us have this. Houston and Texas. That's nice. Yep. So I actually have Texas moving on. Houston's a really good team, but I think Texas, I mean, they're super hot right now. I mean, they've just destroyed Kansas twice in a row by almost 20 points or more both times. Their most recent loss was against TCU, who is also a good team in this tournament. And I feel like it'll just be, it'll be hard for, um, Houston to keep up with that. So Houston led the nation this year an average margin of victory with 18.5 points this season. That was their average margin of their game was a win of 18.5 points. But Texas played in 22 quad one games this year, which is second only to Kansas. They won 14 of them. They have scored under 60 points just once this season, and out of their top six scores, 
who all average over six points a game. Five of them are seniors. So I've got Texas as well going to the final four. True that. So now let's go over to the bottom right and our third region, which is the West. Number one seed is Kansas, and they are playing Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern on TBS in Des Moines against the 16th seed Howard. DC represent. I don't think Howard has much of a chance, though, because Kansas is the defending national champion. They are number one seed in the tournament for the second straight year, 16th time ever since they started seeding in 1979. That is second most. Only North Carolina has more, and they only have just one more number one seed ever. So I got Kansas. This is a fact. Yeah, I also have Kansas. I mean, that's a no-brainer personally for me, but I mean, you never know. In 2018, was Virginia a no-brainer for you? No, I knew Virginia was going to lose. Come on now. <laughs> of course, UNBC. All right. Yeah. Number eight is Arkansas in the West. Number nine is Illinois. Thursday, 4.30 on TBS. These are two teams who I think, beginning of the year, I definitely had higher hopes for. You know, Arkansas has a top defense that ranks 16th in adjusted efficiency. But I think in this game, Illinois is going to have the best player on the floor, Taryn Shannon Jr., both teams struggle shooting the ball, though. That's why they haven't been so great. It's going to be a slugfest, but I've got Illinois gaining the advantage inside and winning the game, so I got Illinois. I disagree. I have Arkansas winning this game. I feel like Arkansas has, a, like, they don't have, like, a star player on their team, but they have a lot of good players who just haven't really been performing, like, the best of their ability this year. But I feel like if they do, then they'll win this game. 5v12 in the West is St. Mary's and VCU. 2 o'clock on Friday on TBS in Albany. The Gales of St. Mary's. It looked like they finally broke through in the West Coast this year. They beat Gonzaga. And then in the West Coast Conference Tournament Final, they lost to Gonzaga by 26 points. That may have a little effect on them. So VCU, I think, is the team who I'm going to go with. You've got two teams who are really good on defense. St. Mary's is ninth in adjusted efficiency. VCU is 17th. VCU actually won the Atlantic 10 title. If they hadn't, they weren't going to the tournament. And they kept the streak of Virginia having multiple teams in the tournament alive. Happened every year since 2008. How about that? So I got VCU. It's true. Wow. See, I have St. Mary's because... Although they did lose to Gonzaga that bad, I feel like that will fuel them even more in the tournament to win this game because they're going to be mad off of that loss because they were winning a bunch of games before that. But yeah, I'll have St. Mary's winning this, trying to get revenge on what happened to them. All right, the 4v13 is UConn and Iona. Rick Patino led Iona team. I think that they haven't lost since January 27th. They're absolutely going to be a popular sleeper pick, but I think they ran into the wrong team. Because in the ESPN Power Rankings, the Huskies finished first in non-conference games. They didn't lose one. So I've got UConn beating Iona. I also have UConn beating Iona. Because UConn has depth and a bunch of talent. So I feel like that'll be a lot for Iona to take in. And by the way, it sounds like Rick Pitino is going to go to St. John's. So he might have one mm-hmm. foot out the door anyway. 6v11 is TCU and the winner of Arizona State in Nevada Friday at 10.05. 
on True TV, Denver. That is the last tip-off of the first round, TCU. And I believe both of us have Arizona State. But the Horn Frogs, they've got some big wins this year. They beat Kansas, Baylor, and Texas. But they've lost seven out of their last 11 games. And actually, the first four has happened. This is the 12th season of the first four. In the last 11, 10 times did a team that was in the first four make it to the second round. So I'm going to go with Arizona State. Wow. Well, I am not going with Arizona State. I'm going with I'm going with TCU. Because <laughs> TCU is a good team. And I feel like if they go against a team like Arizona State, Nevada, it will not be that difficult. Because, I mean, they've beat teams like Texas and other teams like that in the Big 12 who are very tough to beat. Yeah. Okay. All right. Three seed is Gonzaga in the West. 14th seed is Grand Canyon making their second ever NCAA tournament appearance. Their first ever was last year. Gonzaga, I think they haven't gotten as much attention this year. They're a three seed, but they still lead the nation in points per game, 87 and a half points per game. So I've got Gonzaga winning. Yeah, I also have Gonzaga winning this game. I feel like that's easy for me to pick. Yeah, the game Friday, 735 on True TV. And the 7v10 is Northwestern and Boise State Thursday at 735 on True TV. Northwestern, they took down number one Purdue in the regular season. They finished number two in the Big Ten in the regular season. Both teams are in the top 15 in adjusted defensive efficiency, but the Broncos, who play on a blue field in football, hold the edge in rebounding. So I'm going to go with Boise State. This one I had basically no facts on. I just chose Northwestern because they were in the Big Ten. <laughs> and they were a higher street. I didn't know much about any of these teams, honestly. Dang! And then the 2v15 is UCLA and UNC Asheville. This is the final tip of Thursday at 10.05 on True TV in Sacramento. UCLA have looked like a title contender all year. But their third leading scorer, Jalen Clark, is out for the season. I don't think that's going to affect him here, though. This is UNC Asheville's fifth time in the tournament, but they've never gotten past the first round, so I got UCLA. I also have UCLA with this. So against a team like UNC Asheville, I mean, I feel like UCLA is just going to do very well against. I feel like this might even be a blowout. Good pick, good pick. All right, now let's go to the second round where you have the number one team, Kansas, and number eight, Arkansas. I have Kansas winning this game. Kansas is, I mean, it seems like they're good against every team but Texas. And against a team like Arkansas, I feel like that'll just be, that'll be cook work for them. This is Kansas. You have Kansas versus Arkansas. Merku. Who stole that yeah, name? I, I don't know. <laughs> but I have Kansas in Illinois. Bill Self, actually, if you didn't know, he's recovering from a heart procedure, so he wasn't on the sidelines for the Big 12 tournament. He's supposed to be on the sidelines for this weekend, which is good to hear. But Illinois, I think it would take a couple of like massive performances from Terrence Shannon Jr. and Matthew Meyer. I don't see it happening, so I got Kansas as well. And then I have the 12v4 VCU and UConn, but you have St. Mary's and UConn. Yeah, so I have UConn winning this game. I feel like UConn is a really good team, and against a team like St. Mary's, who, although they've been playing good in the season, 
they did, I mean, like we were talking about, get blown out by Gonzaga. And I feel like that revenge is just going to last that one, that first game. And I feel like it's going to kind of wear off and UConn's going to win. I've got UConn beating VCU as well. We've seen VCU make runs in the tournament before, but I don't think they face the team as complete as UConn in the second round. I mean, VCU has a great defense, but they're going to beat Adama Sunogo and the sixth best offense in adjusted efficiency. So I got UConn as well. And then we got the second round. You have TCU and Gonzaga. So this one was kind of just a sleeper pick. I chose TCU to win this game. Even though Gonzaga is such a good team, I feel like TCU is going to, I don't know, just they're going to feel confident after the first win, and they're going to feel like this is their game to win. I've got Arizona State beating Gonzaga. I mean, people people actually forget, though, that Drew Timmy is still on Gonzaga, and they still are top in the nation in adjusted offensive efficiency, even though they lost St. Mary's and Loyola Marymount this year, by the way. Wow. But Arizona State hit a buzzer beater to beat Arizona on the road in the second last weekend of the regular oh, season. Oh, the half-court one? Yeah. That was crazy. They're destined to hit some clutch shots this month, I think. Plus, three times before has a first four team made the Sweet 16, so I got Arizona State. <laughs> and then the last game in the second round, Northwestern and UCLA for you. This one was kind of a no-brainer for me as well. I got UCLA winning this. UCLA's got... I mean, they still have Jaime Hawkes and Tiger Campbell, who were major roles in that Final Four run. So, I mean, I feel like with those two guys and even the guys inside, that'll just be a good game. But UCLA's definitely going to pull up on top. Yeah, they're, those are their two leading scores. And as you said, they went on that Final Four run two years ago. Boise State has a great defense. They were 14th in adjusted efficiency this year. But UCLA was number one in that category, so I've got UCLA moving on to the Sweet 16 as well. Now let's go to the Sweet 16. These games in the West are going to be played in Las Vegas. Kansas and UConn, the first one. Kansas' schedule I mentioned earlier was absolutely insane. They played in the most Quad 1 games, 24. They won 17 of them. But at times this year, Kansas has kind of struggled offensively. UConn really hasn't. Along with being top 15 and forcing turnovers and holding on to the ball, I'm going to go with UConn to beat Kansas. I'm going with Kansas. I mean, the options that you were giving earlier, I mean, like about their quad one wins and how many quad one games they've played. I feel like UConn's going to be nothing new and Kansas is just going to like be more relaxed and just a lot more composed than UConn's going to be. And I feel like Kansas is going to come out on top. Okay, and then the other Sweet 16 matchup, I have Arizona State and UCLA. At least, remember this stat, Andrew, at least one 11 seed has made the Sweet 16 in 10 out of the past 12 tournaments. Nice fact. That doesn't mean they always advance to the Elite Eight, because um, UCLA and Arizona State, they're both in the Pac-12 for now, for at least another year. They met twice. The Bruins won both of them by double digits. Give it to me again, UCLA. I'm also going with UCLA against TCU. UCLA, again, has so many options. Uh, I think TCU has like one or two good guys who were like the main carries of the team. And if UCLA can shut them down, then they're not going to win that game. Then UCLA is going to come out on top. 
And then we go to the Elite Eight, the final game in the region. You have the top two seeds. Once again, I think you've had the top two seeds in all three of the regions so far. Kansas and UCLA. I didn't even realize that, yeah. (laughs) I have UCLA beating Kansas. Although Kansas is, of course, a very good team, I think UCLA is going to have the edge on them with scoring. Regardless, it's going to be a really good game, but I think UCLA is going to like slightly win. What do you say? So I had UConn and UCLA. You know, if you want to make the Final Four, win the national championship, you got to be healthy. And the fact is UCLA isn't because Jalen Clark is not there, their third leading scorer. I think that's actually going to hurt them in this game because UConn is the best team in the country on the offensive glass. I said UCLA is the top team in adjusted defensive efficiency, but UConn is sixth in adjusted offensive efficiency. Adama Sonogo is going to be a beast down low, and I think UConn is going to get to their first Final Four berth since they won it all in 2014. So I got UConn, UConn, the Huskies going to the Final Four. Yeah, okay. We are three regions down. One more to go. You only have to hear our voices for another region in the Final Four, of course. But let's go to the East, where we start. The last number one seed is Purdue. They face the winner of Texas Southern and Fairleigh Dickinson on Friday at 6.50 p.m. on TNT in Columbus, Ohio. The likely player of the year in college basketball is Zach Eady, who is four and averages 22 points and 13 rebounds per game and has had 26 double-doubles this year. Absolutely insane. Purdue, easy. Yeah, of course. I have Purdue winning the game. And then the 8-9 matchup, I think it's going to be a lot closer. Memphis and Florida Atlantic on Friday at 9.20 on TNT. Memphis is on fire, though. They've won their last eight games against teams who are not named Houston. But then they beat Houston in the American Tournament Final, and they beat them by 10 points. Don't sleep on Florida Atlantic, though, because they've won 31 games. They're top 40 in both adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. Closer than you think, but I've still got Memphis. I'm actually going with Florida Atlantic on this one. Shocker! Florida Atlantic has an extremely good record, and I feel like Memphis, it's going to be like the same thing that happened at Virginia Tech last year. They're going to go into the tournament thinking that they're going to be really confident, but it's not going to work out for them, and they're going to lose to Florida Atlantic. Possibly. The Owls. Five seed is Duke in the East. Twelve seed is Oral. Roberts. Talk about a team that's hot, though. Duke has won nine straight, including against the top two seeds in the ACC tournament. This game is Thursday, 7-10 p.m. on Big CBS from Orlando. Oral Roberts has a great offensive team, though. They're third in points per possession, seventh in the country in effective field goal percentage. I think, though, because they've made some, you know, they've had some past tournament runs, they're overseeded at 12, so I've got Duke. As much as I want Max A. Smith to win this game, I would think Duke's going to win. Who's that? Max A. Smith, their best player. He averages yeah. like 23 a game. Who? Why do you like him? I don't know. I mean, he was in, he was when Oral Roberts um, was in the tournament in 2021, and they won like a few games. He just went like crazy. Mm. So he's, he's definitely a really fun player to watch. But I think Duke, I mean, with their two seven-footers, Jeremy Roach, 
I think if Jeremy Roach, he's got really good defense. If he's on Max A. Smith, then they don't really have too much. So yeah, I have Duke winning. The four seed is Tennessee. The 13th seed is Louisiana. This game is Thursday, 940 on CBS. The Vols, they've had their struggles this year. I remember that game they played against Auburn. They scored just 46 points, and they won that game. Ew. Just a terrible (laughs) game to watch. But they've also lost to Vanderbilt, Florida, and Colorado. Those teams are in the tournament. But their defense is amazing. Second in adjusted efficiency, as you saw, because they held Auburn to under 46 points. I think they'll survive an upset bid from the Raging Cajuns. I agree on that pick. I think Tennessee... Yeah, although they have their offensive struggles, their defense is top tier in the country, so I think that'll hold Louisiana pretty far back. In that conference, there's not too much good defense. What are you talking about the the uh, Sun Belt? I say the Sun Belt? <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think so. Do better. All right, number six team in the East is Kentucky. Number 11 is Providence. This is Friday at 710 on CBS from Greensboro. Oscar Deshibwe was last year's National Player of the Year. He's back, and he's averaging a double-double for a team that's picked up the slack late. They lost their first three of four SEC games, but they've done a lot better since. Providence, though, is 16th in adjusted offensive efficiency, but in the six games where they've lost the rebounding battle, they're 1-5, and and this is going to be one of those games. I got Kentucky. Yeah, I also have Kentucky in this game. I mean... Kentucky has a lot of talent, and they have a very similar record. And as you said, with the rebounding, Oscar Sheboy has, I mean, he's averaging 13, almost 13 and a half rebounds a game. So that's going to be very hard for Providence to stop, especially on the offensive glass. But you know what? We both had Kentucky in the first round last year. Oh, yeah, that is true. They're They're not playing the Peacocks, so we're okay. The yeah, third exactly. seed in the East is Kansas State. 14 is Montana State on Friday at 940 on CBS. Kansas State was picked to finish last in the Big 12 this year, but they beat Baylor, Kansas, and Texas. Head coach Drum Tang's first year in Manhattan has been pretty good. And Montana State actually makes the second most free throws in the country per game, 17.8. But I think Kansas State's going to hold on. I also have Kansas State. Kansas State. I mean, like you said, they're in a tough conference and beat most of the teams in their conference. So, yeah, I feel like that's going to be a breeze for them. But you remember that 314 stat I gave you were the last four teams who lost the 3v14 matchups as a three seed were Big 12 teams. And that free throw number, I could see Montana State winning this game, but I'm picking Kansas State. I don't know. But if it happens, I told you also. Just saying. Santa warned you. Number seven in the East is Michigan State. They face number 10 USC. Michigan State, I mean, what they went through on their campus, they had a shooting this year. It was very emotional returning for Michigan State, but they still grabbed a top four seed in the Big Ten tournament, and they ranked number four in the country in three-pointers. But USC's defense has the ninth best opposing effective field goal percentage if they can get a couple key stops, I can see USC pulling the upset. So on Friday at 12.15 on CBS, I got USC. I have Michigan State winning this game. Oh. I haven't, I mean, USC has some talent, but like I haven't been too impressed with them this year. And although Michigan State hasn't had their best years, I still feel like they're a better team than USC. That game will start us out on Friday. That should be a good one. 
And then number two, Marquette, and number 15, Vermont, to end the first round of games Friday at 2.45 on CBS from Columbus, Ohio. It's Shaka Smart's second year in Milwaukee. The Golden Eagles have flourished. They were picked ninth in the Big East at the beginning of the season, but they took home the top spot in the conference in the regular season and the conference tournament. They're also one of the best shooting teams this year, so I don't think Vermont's going to do anything. I got Marquette. I have Vermont winning this game, I mean. What? Yep. The 2v15 upset? Whoa. Vermont is on a 15, 15 or 16 game win streak right now. They're super hot. They've got shooters. Really good free throw percentage team. I feel like Marquette's a really good team. But Vermont has been so hot blowing teams out. That's just what I think. So this bottom left quadrant of the bracket last year is where St. Peter's beat Kentucky. So it could happen. But also, I just said that because we're going to the second round now, and the one seed is facing the 8-9 matchup, and this is also the quadrant last year where the one seed Baylor lost in this game. But you've got number one Purdue in the second round and number nine Florida Atlantic. Yeah, so I have Purdue winning this game pretty easily, to be fair. I mean, FAU has no one to guard Zach Eadie. And I feel like if they're feeding Zach Eady in the paint, then it's just going to be a murder. That's cool. Okay, well, listen. Purdue has Zach Eady. He's going to keep him in any game. But beyond that, only one player, freshman Fletcher Lawyer, averaged over 10 points a game for them this season. Memphis, who I've got beating Florida Atlantic, playing Purdue, has two players who averaged... 17.5 points per game, over 17.5 points per game, Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams. I feel like a huge upset is brewing, and I got Memphis beating Purdue. And by the way, I picked North Carolina to beat Baylor last year in the second round. I think I did too. I think both of us did, yeah. Yeah. I got Memphis. All right, next game, we both got the 5v4, Duke and Tennessee. So I have Duke winning this game. Duke is Duke has been really strong to close out the season. They have height. They have really shifty guards who can who are really good playmakers. And I feel like that's going to be too much for Tennessee's defense, even though they're such a good defense. I think Duke pulls away. I've got Duke too because they, as you said, are tall. They rank fifth in the country in rebounding margin. They've got Kyle Filipowski, who's one of the best freshmen in the country, and he's seven feet tall. So I've got Duke in moving on to the Sweet 16. And then both of us have the 6v3, Kentucky and Kansas State. So I chose Kansas State in this game. Kansas State has guys like Keontae Johnson, who is one of the craziest stories basically in basketball for a player. And, I mean, he's been thriving this season. I mean, he's almost averaging 18 points. What was it, like four assists a game? I feel like that's going to be allowed for Kentucky, even though Kentucky's so good at rebounding. I think they're going to need to help contain the Kansas State guards, and they're not going to be able to do that. Yeah, you talk about Keontae Johnson collapsed on the floor at Florida, and that was a couple years ago. Transfers to Kansas State and is a star now at Kansas State. They're 19th in adjusted defensive efficiency this year. They're really good on defense. But their offense hasn't proven to be 
too great. And given Kentucky's size and their ability to shoot the ball more efficiently, I like, in the Battle of Wildcats, I like the Wildcats that come from Lexington, Kentucky. So I've got UK. Wow. And then, both of us, we have totally different matchups in this last second round matchup. You have Michigan State and Vermont. Guess what? I'm winning this game. Uh, I'm going to guess it's a repeat of what happened to the 15 seed in this game last year. That is exactly what I was thinking. I think Vermont is going to win this game. They're really hot. Michigan State hasn't proved too much this year, although the, even though they're a seventh seed, I still think Vermont is, I don't know, that's my sleeper pick. If that happens, you heard it here first on Xander's Facts. How about that? Exactly. I've got USC and Marquette, though. USC's defense has been stout at times this year. They played UCLA twice. They hold them to 60 points or under in both of their meetings, which is tough to do against UCLA. Marquette's offense is going to prove too much, though. The Golden Eagles have four guys who are averaged in double figures for points, and their efficient shooting is going to carry them to their first Sweet 16 in 10 years. I've got Marquette winning in the second round. The complete opposites. You've got a 15, i got a 2 advancing. Mm -hmm. Now let's go to the Sweet 16, our final Sweet 16 matchups in the East. They're going to be playing at the Garden Madison Square Garden in New York. I've got Memphis and Duke, because I picked Memphis to beat Purdue, but I've got, you know, this is the city that never sleeps, New York, and I don't think Duke's recruiting staff ever sleeps, because they have five freshmen who are contributing major minutes this year, and next year, they've got the number two recruiting class in the country coming in. So I don't think they ever sleep. Deal with it! But these are two of the hottest teams in the country this year. John Shire is the new coach at Duke this year. They rank number one in recent games, according to ESPN. I think they'll pull out a close one. Their dominance down low is going to be too much for Penny Hardaway's Tigers. I've got Duke. Yeah, so I had Duke and Purdue in this game. And I don't even think that this might not even be close. I think Duke's going to win. Because, I mean, to close out on Zach Eady, you have Derek Lively and Kyle Filipowski, who are both seven foot. And if Purdue has nothing else, basically. I mean, Duke has good perimeter defenders, too. So if you double on Edie when he gets the ball, with the two seven-footers, he's not going to be able to do much. And so I feel like Duke's going to pull away easily. All right, second Sweet 16 matchup is Kentucky and Marquette. I expect this to be a great game because while Marquette's a great shooting team, Kentucky's going to dominate the glass when they miss. In the end, the 8th ranked offense and adjusted efficiency is going to win out. Marquette will beat Kentucky. So for this one, I have Vermont and Kansas State. And I have Kansas State winning this game. Okay. I think is going to end kind of like St. Peter's did in the... I think theirs is in the Elite 8, though. They were in the oh, Elite Oh, yeah, eight. never mind. This is Sweet 16. But yeah, I feel like their streak ends here. Kansas State, Keontae Johnson, he's going to have a good game. And I think Vermont is not going to be able to handle that, especially like down low. They don't really have the best big men. They have good shooters. And I feel like Kansas has good perimeter defense and that'll just be too much. All right, now let's go to the elite eight. This is the only region where Andrew does not have the one V two facing off. He has the five V three Duke and Kansas state. Duke of course has good shooters. Tyrese Proctor, 
Jeremy Roach is a good shooter. They also have players down low. And I think that's just going to be too much for Kansas to defend, and Duke's going to have a good win there. So I've got Duke and Marquette. Shooters galore. Because Duke's better defensively, but the outside shooting of Jeremy Roach and Tyrese Proctor, they've put some teams to bed this year. And add that to what you're going to get inside with the shooting of Kyle Filipowski inside in the presence of Derek Lively the second he's got 74 blocks this year and you get a team that I think is going to outlast Marquette Golden Eagles struggles defensively are going to pain them finally in the Elite Eight the Blue Devils advance to their second straight Final Four but with a second different coach so I'm going to throw this stat out there because both Purdue and Marquette are gone there are two teams this year who are top two seeds who started the year unranked. That's Purdue and Marquette. And a top two seed that started the year unranked previously has never been to the Final Four. And there's been a bunch of them. And both of ours are out of the way. So I'm just telling all of y'all who picked Purdue or Marquette, change your picks right now because it's not looking good. Cool facts, bro. All right, so here we go, Andrew. We are now down to three final games. Everybody's like, thank goodness. We don't have to listen to these fools anymore. It's the final four. I've got Alabama Duke. You've got Arizona and Duke. And I'm going to go first here in this final four game. So in the SEC championship game, when Brandon Miller, I don't know if you saw this, but Brandon Miller took off from basically the free throw line Mm -hmm. and slammed it in quite literally slammed the door shut on Texas A&M, I knew Alabama was going to be in the Final Four. I mean, they've averaged the seventh most points this year. They take the fourth most threes, and they rank in the top four nationwide in both field goal and three-point percentage defense, adding on to all that. So when the tides start rolling, there's nothing Duke can do to stop Nate Oates' squad. So I've got Alabama going to the national championship game. So I have Arizona and Duke. Arizona is, of course, a good team, scoring 80-plus points most of their games. I feel like they haven't really gone against a defensive team like Duke, though, who, I mean, two seven-footers at the same time, that's going to be hard to go against. I feel like John Shire, he just needed to settle in as a new head coach. That's why they were struggling at the beginning of the season. He was probably nervous. Now he's settled in, and I think that Duke is going to win this game. That's what I said in my preseason preview, I remember, because North Carolina did that last year under Hubert Davis. They started out slow, and then they got really hot. Yeah. And that's what Duke did this year. They started out slow, and they got really hot in their first-year head coach. Yeah. But you got a five-seed going to the national championship. Yes, wow. I do. How about that? All right, so the second Final Four matchup. Okay, so I have Texas versus UCLA. I think this one's going to come down to the wire. And I think that Texas is going to win. Even though UCLA has very good guys, guys like Jaime Jaquez and Tiger Campbell on the perimeter. And I mean, Texas has Marcus Carr and Tyrese Hunter. And I think that's going to be a really good matchup. And down low, I think that Texas might have a little bit of an advantage. And I think that Texas is going to win. So I've got Texas and UConn. And by the way, the Final Four is being played in Houston this year. But I've got Texas and UConn. Both Adama Sonogo and Jordan Hawkins averaged 16 points a game for UConn. 
Tristan Newton has two triple-doubles this year. UConn have been more efficient shooting the ball this year than Texas. They're 10th in points per possession. Their defense, I think, is going to have a tough time dealing with everyone the Longhorns can throw at them because Texas has beaten everyone in the Big 12 at least once. They are behind, and there's only nine other teams, but still, you're talking about teams like Kansas State, Kansas, Tet Baylor. Behind a deep and experienced team, the Longhorns can easily go eight or nine deep this year. They start, I mean, starting out with seniors Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen, Serge Jabari Rice, who all average over 10 points per game. Serge Jabari Rice, the Big 12 Sixth Man of the Year, by the way. He's starting now, though. Well, there you go. Sophomore Tyrese Hunter does, too. He averages over 10 points a game. And don't forget the two other seniors, Dylan DeSue and Christian Bishop, both of whom have over 20 blocks down low. DeSue has 45 this year. There's nowhere really that I think Texas stands out as excellent, but they're just a completely balanced juggernaut. And only once has UConn made the Final Four and not won the national championship. That was in 2009. It's not going to happen this year because Texas is going to win a close fight. Texas moves on to the national championship. Wow, we both have Texas, a two-seed. Wow. Fact, Nugget. Wow, how about that? So, national championship. Andrew has Duke, Texas. I have Alabama and Texas. I'm going. Drum roll. Tell me, tell me. Texas. So, although Duke has a very good young lineup, I feel like the youth is what might get to them. I feel like the pressure might be on for them. Texas has a lot of seniors, and I feel like that experience is just going to lead their way to a national championship win. So everybody knows that I picked the last two national champions correctly. Everybody knows that because Sanders facts, of course. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start this little ramble. The stat that I've seen going around, I've been on TikTok. Everybody on TikTok's like, here's who's going to win, and let me tell you why. And I just scroll past them because they have no clue. Exactly. The one stat that I've seen that's gone around social media that is true and factual that I believe in is that since 2002, every national champion has been in the both in the top 40 of Ken Palm's offensive rankings and the top 22 of Ken Palm's defensive rankings. And Ken Palm was started in 2002, by the way, so that's why it goes back to 2002. There are seven teams this year that fit that criteria. Those are Creighton, Houston, Kansas, UCLA, UConn, and Alabama and Texas. So that doesn't really narrow me down here. (laughs) But the last time that a number one overall seed, that's Alabama, won the title was in 2013. That was Louisville, and technically, they have not won that title anymore, according to the NCAA. Uh Uh-oh. But actually, seven of the last 18 overall number ones actually lost in the Sweet 16 or earlier. But here's Alabama, and they've got Brendan Miller, but they've also got Mark Sears and Noah Clowney, who averaged double-digit points, and a team that should win the rebounding battle. But to me, there's something that just makes Texas seem special it might be because they are on their second coach this year chris beard was fired because he did some bad things and now he's at a Ole miss for whatever reason but rodney terry since he took over in december's done an excellent job maybe it's because the longhorns have something that i always look for in a championship team which is a ton of depth i can't believe i'm going to say it andrew but 
I agree with you. Oh my god. For the third straight year, the Big 12 will win the national championship. Texas will be the national champion this year. The first time that a conference has won three straight titles since 1992 to 94. That was the ACC. Texas wins. I've got 78 to 74. Texas is going to be the national champion. You're welcome. Xander's facts. I was 74 to 71. Pretty similar. Very close. Texas will win. And how about that? Andrew's going to get it right this year, too, for the first time. How about that? Oh, my gosh. Let's go. Congratulations. You better be right. <laughs> and this was our honest reactions. Like, we had no clue. Yeah. We, we just learned each other's brackets for the first time. There you go. Andrew, it's been fun as always. This is one of the best podcasts I think we do every year because I love March Madness. And Thursday, noon Eastern, I'm going to be sitting in front of my TV. You know, the multicast, I don't know how it works, but the four games on one screen, oh, it's going to be glorious. I'm going to love it so much. So there you go, our exclusive reveals of our March Madness brackets. Ladies and gentlemen, Texas is going to be the national champion. All right, Andrew, thank you once again for the third year in a row for coming back on the podcast. Of course, it was a pleasure. Xander's Facts. So there you have it, y'all. Texas, both of us. That's right. You've got a double certainty right there that the Longhorns will be the national champions. How about that Xander's Facts podcast? Thanks again to Andrew for coming on. He's done this. This is the third year in a row we've done this, and it's one of my favorite podcasts we do every year. Maybe my most favorite podcast that we do every single year. I love it. I love March Madness. Oh my gosh. Thursday, Friday. Don't bother me. I'm going to be watching all the games. How about that? But that is it. That's basically all the facts I've got for episode 98 of the Zader's Facts podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. And remember that if you liked all the facts that we had on this week's edition, and don't worry, there were a lot, remember to follow this podcast, download this episode, episode 98, rate and review the podcast, then check us out on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at Zader's Facts. That is Zader with a Z. And most importantly, remember to tell all your friends. Around here, we like to call it Spread the Facts, Xander's Facts Podcast. Tell all your friends about the podcast, about the newsletter, Xander's Weekend Facts, about Xander's Facts on YouTube. You can check out all our new episodes, including this one on YouTube with a nice background. Go check that out. And go check out all the facts that we have on the Xander's Facts link tree. It's got all the Xander's Facts links that you need, including for the exclusive home of the Xander's Facts shop, xandersfacts.com check out that website it's pretty cool if i say so myself because i made it so that's episode 98 next week we will not have a new episode of the xanders facts podcast because i'm going to be so tired out from watching all that college basketball and the women's too i'm going to be watching the women's tournament of course because virginia tech is going to go all the way you know and the men's tournament so much college basketball i've got to watch I'm going to be so tired, so... Seriously? Of course, we'll have a March Madness update next week. That'll be a little bit of new content. But next week, we're going to have a Xander's Facts flashback, so check that out. Episode 99 is coming in two weeks. 99. One short of 100. Oh my gosh. That's going to be a big podcast. How about that? But that is it. That is a wrap on episode 98 of the Xander's Facts podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. And the Xander's Facts Podcast rolls on with episode 99 in two weeks.
Marshall Dye.